Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 253. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squilt Music. Now, if you get a Squilt live membership, you will be able to bring all sorts of music appreciation and music education into your homeschool for one low price. You can do monthly, uh, quarterly, or annual memberships, or if you just want to join for a month and see what it's all about, you can do that too. So for the month of February, they are hosting Matthew Kaminsky. He's the Atlanta Braves ballpark organist, and he's a professional jazz musician. So that sounds like a lot of fun. In coming up in March, they have Box Birthday Bash in April. They're talking about all the music that has com- been composed for our Earth and for the beauty of the Earth. And in May, they will have lessons all about movies like the Winnie the Pooh soundtrack and Wonka. So you won't want to miss it. If you want to learn more about a Squilt Life membership, go to foreonemore.com forward slash Squilt. That's S Q U I L T. Hey guys, it's Abby from Homeschool with Moxie and the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. This is episode 253 of the podcast where I talk to another homeschool mom in my state in Pennsylvania, Amy Snyder, and we discussed what I think some of you might find to be a really interesting topic, and that is homeschooling while house flipping. Now, let me tell you why I thought I would bring this topic and this conversation with Amy to you. All right. So as homeschool moms, a lot of us are one income families, but in the side, while you're homeschooling in your mind, a lot of you are thinking, how can I bring in side income to benefit my family? Right? How many of you are thinking that? I know a lot of us are thinking that because we give up the ability to maybe work full time in order to stay home and homeschool the kids. That's not to say that none of you are working full-time. Some of you are working full-time already. But this is for those of you who are just the stay-at-home homeschool moms, and you're like, but I really want to do something on the side to help the family. Okay, so keep that in the back of your head. (laughs) So how many of you are also in the boat where you've renovated your own houses, maybe? This is our story. This is as soon as we bought our first house, we bought like the most disgusting house in the neighborhood. And 
even family walk through it the first time and we're like, oh, this is disgusting, but we could see potential. And it was actually a really great way for us to get into the housing market at the time because we were in the greater Toronto area. We could never afford anything, but we could afford this really disgusting townhouse. <laughs> and that's what we did. And I mean, that was like the start of it. Every house we bought, we bought the fixer upper. We lived in it while we fixed it up, which is really annoying, but we did it. Well, now we're at the point in our homeschooling. I only have two kids at home. I've graduated three. Someone's in high school. Someone's in fifth grade. I have, you could say, a little more time on my hand because I'm not homeschooling five kids. I'm already doing a lot of things, but I do, I am intrigued with property investing. And this is something I've been learning a lot about in the last nine months. And while I've been learning about it and we've actually taken steps, we've been to a foreclosure auction and actually had check in hand. We're ready to bid on a property and someone else, it, it kind of went too high for us. We've actually been ready to pull the trigger on a wholesale deal and buy a really dilapidated something and fix it up. We have worked with a realtor and actually been getting an offer ready when the guy pulled his uh, property from the market. So I'm telling you, we are like been ready to pull the trigger on this personally for a while now, for like eight or nine months. And in that time, I've also been seeing Amy on Facebook because I'm friends with her on Facebook from homeschooling in Pennsylvania. And I noticed that Amy Snyder, this is like her side gig on the side of homeschooling her kids and they have another full-time family business. So she's a super busy mom and she's doing this house flipping. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I want to talk to Amy and pick her brain. So the reason I'm saying this is you might think to house flip, like to buy an ugly house, flip it and either sell it or rent it. You might think you need like this humongous gob of cash sitting in the bank. That's always what I thought too. Like who can do this? Rich people can do this. No, you can leverage money, borrow other people's money in all sorts of ways, which Amy will touch on some of these. And then some of these things, you're just going to have to research. We'll send you to some resources. We'll link below this video or listen in on this conversation with Amy. We will tell you of our favorite resources where you can educate yourself and learn. You don't need a gob of money sitting in the bank. So the way my husband and I are hoping to very soon buy a house to flip um, is to use a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. Because we've owned a house, you know, we've been, we have like a lot of equity in our house at this point, and we can borrow against that to renovate and to purchase the property, to pay our people to, to do the work. So for example, I'm not going to go over there and replace the bathtub. No, I'm going to hire that out. The numbers have to work. I have to be able to hire all this out because I'm not going over there every day in my hard hat and demolitioning and like putting in a kitchen. We might do some stuff ourselves, but we are hiring it out. So if the numbers work, you're at home homeschooling. Do you see how this works? You're leveraging either a private lender or your home equity or some, you're, there's like lots of ways to finance this. You are purchasing the property. You're paying someone to reno it because this is all worked into the numbers. And then at the end of it, you either are keeping it and then having a renter who's going to then pay your mortgage on it. If you want to refinance a new mortgage, you have a renter or you flip it and you sell it and you get a nice little chunk of cash and that's your income from doing all of that work to oversee the flip. Do you see how homeschooling can be the perfect thing? Like you're already busy, but you have, Amy reminded me of this. Homeschool moms are very, um, 
oh, what are we? Scrappy. We work hard. We persevere. That's the whole reason I call this homeschool with Moxie. You have to have Moxie. You have to be that mama bear. You have all that energy, that passion. You know how to work hard. You know how to be a problem solver. All these things that it takes to homeschool is actually what it takes to be a house flipper or a property investor. So you're not out there all day doing the renos yourself. You're homeschooling your kids, but you're like almost like the property manager, almost like the general contractor, right? You're overseeing all the crews. You're making sure it gets done. You're filling out the paperwork. You're buying the house. You're doing all that stuff, but they're doing the dirty work. And then you get the income at the end of like three months and then you resell the property. This is a long winded introduction to this chat with Amy. But the reason I wanted to explain it is why I'm thinking about this and why I thought a lot of you might be interested. I'm really curious if any of you are doing this already, comment below this video, or if you've never thought of it, but it intrigues you, let me know that too. I just think that a lot of homeschool moms can really help their families out financially by getting into investing. I'll just mention one other thing also. We have friends that have been encouraging us along this lines. They're a little older than us. Their kids are actually all out of the house, whereas we still have a couple at home. But um, they are getting into property investing because they're setting themselves up for their retirement. So when they're not going to work anymore, they want to be able to have these rental incomes coming in so they can feel free to go visit the grandkids and to be able to be grandparents, right? And not have to work until the bitter end. So this is like another thing. If you're my age and you're mid to late 40s and older, you might also be thinking of those things. So I know some of you are like in your 20s and you're just barely scraping by and able to afford your first house. Um, there are options for you too. Um, I can't get into it all now. I feel like all excited about this topic, but I would check out bigger pockets. They have a website, a podcast and a million books that will take you through all the different ways, no matter what stage you're at, whether you have zero money in the bank, whether you have zero equity in your house or whether you're like us and you do have some equity that you can leverage, they will show you how you can actually make money and help your family with, um, investing in real estate. So that is all to introduce this awesome conversation I had with my friend, Amy Snyder, homeschool mom, who also does house flipping while homeschooling. All right, Amy, you are a super busy homeschool mom. So let's start right there. You educate your kids at home, but you're also running multiple businesses. So tell us just a bit about your family and the businesses you guys run. Sure. So I have um, two kids. They are eight and nine and um, we own and operate a, um, what consumes me full-time, a business uh, manufacturing automotive parts, um, focusing primarily on Ford pickups and Mustangs. Um, we've done that since before we even had kids. Um, my husband and I have been together for 20, almost 21 years. Um, high school sweethearts, um, started the business after, shortly after college and, um, started a family. I had absolutely no intentions of homeschooling. I thought homeschoolers were crazy and weird. <laughs> and, and then I realized um, I don't want to send my kids to public school. COVID happened and it was like God's way of saying, hey, you're not sending them to school. Um, so they come to work with us every single day um, and they have grown up in this environment. So they know nothing different. Um, and then on top of that, I decided that they were born into this life and um, they've only ever seen us um, like successful in this. They've never seen the struggles of starting a business. 
So I had this crazy idea that we would invest in houses and they would see the other side of starting a business and struggling. <laughs> so um, thankfully, it has not been a struggle, but um, I wanted to see I wanted them to see what life was like um, without just, you know, growing up into this home where you have a successful business. Yeah. So that's part of how that transpired. <laughs> So I didn't realize so you have been doing the homeschooling thing and running all these businesses always. That was always, yes. you know, you never had just homeschooling without doing the businesses. So that's yeah, really right. cool. Right. Um, so I love the fact that I know there's challenges, but there's benefits too. So like the thing moms are thinking about is if they want to be their own boss, kind of do something like flipping a house or whatever. What are the biggest challenges you see with trying to homeschool too? Because that is the thing. Everyone's like, well, how do you make time for both? So what's your secret sauce there? So um, I ask for help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's part of it. Um, I am not afraid to ask for help. So um, my husband will step in and help with the kids um, with homeschooling. Um, we have like a a structure um, that I want them to make sure we always do English, math, reading. Those are the things that like, those are like no ifs, ands, or buts. And then we, um, as they've grown, cause we've been doing this since they were preschool age, mm -hmm. um, we've added in, you know, history and science and writing and, um, art and music and all of the things. So, um, we've just added it into where it works in our lifestyle. Um, now that they're what would be equivalent to third grade and, backtrack a minute. They're both the way their birthdays fall. They are both third graders, mm. um, in theory, you know, the way that they would go to school. So, um, now that they're that age, we've brought in some help. So my mother-in-law, like we developed, built up the curriculum together. She helps you know, make sure that they are actually sitting there and they are actually writing. And if they are confused or something, but I am only, you know, steps away. So mm -hmm. that allows me to still sit there, be part of what's happening, um, but, and, and still be part of their education, but I'm not doing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has worked wonderfully. So, and that also allows them to connect with grandma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and then my husband, um, in the evenings will help with them. So we don't feel like, you know, you don't have to get up at seven o'clock and start school and finish by this time. It's like, okay guys, well, we've, you're waiting for dinner. Let's sit at the table and we're going to do math. Mm -hmm. So Definitely um, sprinkling in those, you know, moments of educating has been helpful. Yeah. So are you, is your office, home office where you work, is it like at home or are you taking the kids oh, no. to work? They're coming to work every single okay. day with me. We're okay. in a 65,000 square foot building. So, um, and I did not, like, this is our space. I did not build a specific homeschooling room. And then the conference room became the homeschooling room. And then the conference had to find its own home. <laughs> so we built a conference room <laughs> separate to that. Um, but yeah, we, like I said, we just sprinkle it in. Um, yep. sometimes it's hard to read to the kids at night, but we will put on audiobooks, and now they're to the age where they're starting to read to each other and taking turns and like almost popcorning. Yes. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. You mentioned you wanted your kids to see like your day to day and stuff like what, so what are the biggest benefits? How I'm sure your kids have been impacted in a positive way by seeing mom as an entrepreneur. So right. what do you think are some of the benefits there? So, um, a lot of times I, people will say, wow, you're, you, you talk much older than you are. Um, so that's kind of cool. And, um, they're very mature for their age. And sometimes when you tell somebody, well, my kids are really mature for their age, they think, oh yeah, right. Okay. Everybody says that, but truly they really are. Um, we get tons of compliments that they have a wider vocabulary. Mm -hmm. They know how to interact with adults. Mm -hmm. Um, when we go out to dinner, 
They know how to order for themselves. Um, they will, like the other day, my son said, Mom, are my eyeglasses in? I said, I don't know, call them. Call to see if your eyeglasses are in. You know, and he's eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most eight-year-olds aren't calling the eye doctor yeah. to see if their glasses <laughs> came in. Um, so we're really trying to show them that like, um, it's even if you are little, it's okay to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got a lot of responsibilities. Um, we pay our son to help every day after he's done with school and he helps pack or- orders mm-hmm. for our customers. Um, so they're learning how to read orders. They're learning how to read quantities. Um, my daughter has like, she will place our grocery orders for our building for like our staff and stuff. So That's they help so with cool. catering orders, <laughs> gathering orders and stuff. So that's so cool. Yeah. All right. So you've got multiple businesses, but I told you already selfishly, <laughs> I want to pick your brain yeah. about house flipping because Absolutely. I just think like a lot of homeschool moms are looking for ways to, okay, like how can, what can I do that'll bring in some side income? And I know this isn't for everyone. And I know that's probably not what most people imagine it to be, including myself, you know, like we'll <laughs> sure. see, right? But sure. tell us about it. So some moms are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So tell us like what it is. And then like, do you think it's a good idea for some homeschool moms who are like self-starters, motivated? They could, Do you think it's a good idea for some people to consider as like a homeschool mom side gig? What do you think? Yeah, so, okay. So there's multiple ways that you can, let's start with purchasing. There's multiple mm-hmm. ways you can purchase a home. So you can buy them at tax sales. Um, so it, it, we're both in Pennsylvania. So this mm-hmm. would apply to both of us and maybe some other moms. Um, but the county always does a tax sale. Um, usually it's towards the end of um, like September-ish, somewhere in that time frame. And those are for people that are delinquent on their taxes, um, their property taxes. The caveat to that is, while you might be able to get a really good deal on it, um, they oftentimes come with liens, uh, municipality liens. Um, for like maybe there's some liens from state or from somebody not paying child support. Because typically if they're not going to pay their um, property taxes, they're probably not paying other you know, bills that they have associated with that house. Um, so that's one way you can buy it. Um, if you were to buy that, I always recommend going with a title company that you trust to be able to do like a background on it, just to, to check the title um, and look for liens. You can buy through wholesalers, which are going to be individuals who uh, maybe find off-market properties that are saying, hey, um, I'm not interested in this property, but I'm going to sell it to somebody else. That person that's um, selling the house themselves, like the the homeowner or whoever mm-hmm. owns the house, mm-hmm. um, they will work with a wholesaler and then that wholesaler will just add a little bit more. And that's their like their wholesale commission that they get from that. Obviously you can get on-market deals. Um, you can find them through Facebook marketplace, um, some off-market stuff. And then um, there's another way to buy that a lot of people don't know, and it's called subject to. And so that's been a little bit of a way that we've been doing it, some creative financing. Um, so those ones are really nice for like homeschool moms, um, because typically those houses you're going to pay, um, like a lot less of an entry fee to purchase that house. Mm. So, and a lot of times those are more turnkey. So for example, um, a subject to home, um, it's going to be just a regular house that you find. Um, and the person's usually upside down in it. They have a huge debt, like no equity. And there might be facing foreclosure. Um, they might be relocating and they bought their house, you know, peak of the market in 2020, 2021. 
They didn't account for now their job relocated them and they are moving, you know, across the country and they have to buy another house or rent another house. How are they paying this mortgage and this payment? So it's a way to find a solution for that person. And a lot of times they're turnkey. So you're able to get this house, maybe catch up some back, you know, payments, um, maybe just take over the mortgage entirely and give them a little bit of money to relocate. And now you've got yourself a rental. And you haven't done anything. You've literally just got this house and you're putting a, a renter in it. Hmm. Or it might be um, a very small flip. You're painting, you're ripping up carpets, putting new flooring in um, and getting a tenant or you're getting somebody to buy it. And um, you know, at that point, you're trying to recoup your money. But oftentimes it's harder because those ones, you know, they, they have such little equity. When you're putting it back on the market, what equity is there unless you've done, you know, some massive work to it. So, so do um, you tend to resell yours or do you keep most of them or all of them as for rentals? So right now we're doing all buy and hold. Um, and I've gotten everything from, I've done a couple of these subject to deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have gotten um, some that like are ugly houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have major problems, um, but every house we have bought has been a problem solving situation. Mm-hmm. So Um, I've gotten them where the person is in foreclosure and we've saved them from losing it. Um, and not only are we saving them from losing it, we're saving their credit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten one where the person was relocating for work and he had like, he would have sold it on the market. He would have had to come to the table with money. So he would be basically paying somebody to take his house Mm. where we were able to just say, Hey, we'll take over your payment. You're your interest rate is so low. We created a land contract. The house is still in his name until we, you know, finish paying off the mortgage, which there is no end date to the mortgage other than the mortgage end date itself. Um, and we've did a little bit of renovating to it. Um, a little bit of like cosmetic stuff. And we got a renter in that gotten houses where, um, like there was a divorce situation where it's like, you know, they need us part ways and they've got this house that's really holding them, you know, Mm-hmm. together in their relationship basically yeah um and those have been complete flips um and usually those are cash deals um because you know when you're in a divorce everybody just wants yeah. let's split it yeah. <laughs> let's get out of this yeah. um so we're just we're trying to always find uh, a way to solve a problem that's awesome now how did you get into house flipping was it someone you right. knew doing it or how did, how did <laughs> so, that even start so it started out as a joke <laughs> really so yes. So um, the first house we bought, um, we were selling our very first house and one of my employees was wanting to relocate closer to work. And I said, I'll just use the money from our house and I'll buy another one. You can rent it for me. And that's what happened. That's really what happened. And it was actually a joke to begin with. Um, and that worked really well. And then the second house, um, my grandmother, um, my grandfather passed away and my grandma didn't want to live in the house anymore. And so she was trying to figure out a way to get out of it. So we bought it and we kept the tenant in there. Um, and we just did some cosmetic stuff to that one. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like was a trickling effect. Like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Let's look yes. for our next. Yes. So we love to do a lot of owner financing um, where the owner is acting as the bank and also these creative financing with these subject twos where we're helping somebody out of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we still do some cash deals as well, but um, not using all of our money allows us to be able to renovate 
and not feel like we're constantly like banging on the bank's door, like, Hey, we need some more money over here. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. There's a lot of things like moms that are just like, okay, this is interesting. They're thinking about. So number one, how do you find capital to start? Um, and I like, so what we're going to do if we finally pull the trigger is like, we have a HELOC home equity line of right. credit. So like, I'm thinking a lot of moms who have, you know, maybe been in like been a homeowner for 20 years or something like you probably have some equity you can start with, sure. but some moms don't have that. What are some other options too? Like where do people find money? So Okay. So for us, um, we just are fortunate that we have this business and we can pull equity from that and put it into, you know, into like basically transfer from one business to the mm-hmm. next. Um, if you are going into a situation where you're going to help solve a problem, you can, um, get stuff at low money down or no money down, depending on what the situation is. So if somebody is in a foreclosure situation where you only need to bring a couple thousand to the table, you might be able to use your tax return mm-hmm. on that. Um, and then you're really just taking over their monthly payments and you really have to make sure too, that if their monthly payment is say 7,000 or sorry, 700, Mm-hmm. And you're, you have to make sure that the rents support that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way. Or doing like an owner finance situation where, you know, I'm Sam tired of being a landlord, just done with it. I'm ready to just give some, give it over. Um, when you do an owner finance deal as the seller, you're, you're transferring it over to the, the new buyer, but they're making monthly payments. So it's still that passive income, but now the new person is responsible for taxes, upkeep, insurance, you know, all the other things that you were burdened with before, which is a lot of time why you don't want to be a, you know, a landlord. Like you like the passive income, but you didn't like the stuff that came with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one way, like you said, the HELOC is another way. And then you can also, if you just want to kind of dip your feet in um, doing wholesale, where maybe you're really good at Um, you're a good communicator, you're a good problem solver. And hey, I don't have the money to do this, but I can find somebody that will buy this. Um, And so I'm going to basically put this under contract and give me 30 days. I'm going to find somebody to buy this and I'm not going to ask any money from you. They're going to pay me. And usually they call that an assignment fee. You can get anywhere from five to 20,000, depending on the deal, where it's at. Um, Places in Florida, they're some of the assignment fees are like 30,000. Wow. So it's 30,000 in your pocket. And now you can take that and put it to the next, you know, what you actually want to buy. Right. So So there are lots of options. So at first it doesn't feel like it, there are, are. okay. So what's the timeline for a typical flip? If you have like an actual reno, not something that just needs a little bit of paint, like what's your timeline and tell us about how that works. Okay. So I'm going to start with this house that we've got right now that we're working on. First of all, um, it took way longer than anticipated. This is our first like down to the studs. Like we literally, all we had in there was brick structure. Um, We replaced um, floorboards. We had termite issue Hmm. um, that had been taken care of as far as the pest portion, but not fixed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that was really like discouraging. It took the wind out of my sails. And I actually sat on that house for probably nine months of just like, do I really want to do this? Hmm. Um, finding the right people, I think was my, what I needed. Cause we have the second business, um, or our primary business. We don't have time to be being the ones doing the hard, you know, sweat equity. Mm-hmm. Um, but timeline aside from that, I would say was probably about three to four months. Hmm. Um, 
and we probably put a lot more into it because I'm also paying labor. We're not putting the sweat equity into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just trying to make sure that like, sometimes it sounds really great. Like, okay, I need windows. I'm just going to go get windows, but you can't just go to Lowe's because this house I got is from the 1800s. Like mm-hmm. I got to get custom made windows. Mm-hmm. Now I'm waiting, which holds, you know, it's like a trickling yeah. effect. Like this held this up and that held yeah. that up. And okay, now we're reframing everything because this house isn't square. Mm-hmm. So um, as long as you know that going into it, that like, it's not a quick mm-hmm. um, way to get money, then, um, you know, it, it, yeah. it's definitely, it's fun. Yes. Fun. So now you mentioned something like, see, and this is why my husband and I aren't scared of flipping because that's how what we did when we were newlyweds. We bought the ugly house on the block and we just, but we lived in it while we fixed. I'm like, this is not going to be as bad, (laughs) but we don't intend to do all the work either. So you just mentioned, and this is what some homeschool moms are thinking like, wait a second. I don't have time to go do all the work. I'm homeschooling. No. Right. What explain how that works? So like as long as the the numbers work, you can hire this out and it still Absolutely. makes sense. So you're Absolutely. basically what? The you're basically just organizing the crews. Yeah, so you're just acting as a general contractor. Mm-hmm. Um so you so what I did is I put an ad on Craigslist, which I thought was crazy. Someone told me to do that. And um I had a ton of responses and I was very specific. Here's what I'm looking for. Here is my expectations. Here is how to apply. And it was like, mm-hmm. send me over um, all of your, you know, what you've done. I want pictures of what you've done. And I want referrals. I want to talk to these people. Um, and I probably had about 45 responses that were like actually worth weeding through. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, I didn't get anybody from there, not because they weren't good, but I had somebody personally get referred to me mm-hmm. and that worked. But um, I got more responses from Craigslist than I did Facebook, which is what not what I thought. Yeah. Um, so knowing that, though, I would say um, it is as long as you know what you're looking for and you have somebody that can um, like for me, my husband, while he knows how to do this stuff, he doesn't have the time to do it. And he's also uninterested. Mm. So I just went looking at houses with my dad and was like, okay, what do you think this would cost? And now I'm starting to be able to just walk through them and say, okay, this is going to be like, you know, $45,000 in flipping. Mm-hmm. Is this worth it? Mm-hmm. So, but the biggest thing is making sure the numbers work. And um, even if you find a house that say they're asking 50,000 and you're like, there is no way that I can make the numbers work at 50,000, offer what you think, because sometimes you're the only offer that they get, or sometimes you're the only reasonable one. Like everybody else might want home inspections and they don't want to deal with that. Or um, they know that it's not going to pass a home inspection. And so when we offer with no contingencies, sometimes it's like, okay, they are saving me from dealing with this and all the other burdens that come with selling a house. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, like it's a win-win. We forget that we're helping the other person out too. It can be a win for everyone. So, um, so how many do you like to do per year? Are you like, do you have a goal of like, we want to do this many houses? We have, we currently own 10 and I had no goal. Um, and the other day my husband said, well, we have 10, let's do 10 this year. So we're doing 10. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one at a time or um, sometimes it just depends on what we have going on right now. We have three. Mm -hmm. Um, and, so I have the crew kind of split um, the one main house that's going to be take a lot of work. He, I'm like a main contractor and he kind of gets his guy set up for the day. And then I have another one that is just literally sitting there waiting for a, an opportunity. It's I'm not in a rush. It, when it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. And then the fr- primary focus at the moment is we're working with um, our local like community action is what it's called. And they have a program for chronic homeless and um, it's basically, it's typically single moms who um, have found themselves in maybe domestic violence situations or situations where there is um, a reason that they can't maybe have childcare and work. So they're just, you know, they have this homeless problem and they've went to community action and community action houses them. So this house will literally be rented to our community action. And then they are going to place, um, they already have a family in mind. They're going to place this woman and she's pregnant and she has a little kid Mm. and they will rent our house. And so it's a guaranteed income. Mm. Uh, It's like a voucher program, kind of like section eight, but they're going in once a month to check on the place. They're cleaning it for the lady. Mm. Yeah. So we solved not only a problem for, Mm. this was a foreclosure issue. So we solved the foreclosure issue for the original owner. And then we solved the issue for, um, the, you know, this chronic homelessness. Is that a Pennsylvania program or just in your area? It's, it's in my area, okay. um, but you might be able to find them like through um, like your housing authority. Mm-hmm. So um, just every housing authority has their own yeah. kind of criteria. That's but, yeah, so cool. And it's a community initiative. Yeah, that's so cool. So what do you think most people don't realize about house flipping that they should know before getting into it? So um, usually takes longer than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you never know what's behind a wall. Um, and, um, sometimes sellers are, sometimes sellers are wonderful and sometimes sellers are sneaky. So mm-hmm. there are things that you, that you ask, but yet maybe don't ask it the right way. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that they hide. So you just have to really go into it with an open mind. Um, but so far we've had really good success. So I'm really pleased with it. Um, and then just making sure that like all the numbers work and it's okay. Don't be like emotionally connected to something. It's okay to say this doesn't work for me. Like, and walk away at the end of the day, if you're flipping houses, chances are you're not living there. So you don't need that house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Knowing that it's, it's okay to walk away if the numbers don't work. Yes. Where did you educate yourself? Do you have some favorite resources, podcasts, and books? Um, absolutely. So I love to follow um, bigger podcast or sorry, bigger yes, pockets. Yeah. Um, bigger pockets is great. Yep. Um, I follow Jen and Joe Delafave. Um, they do a lot of creative financing stuff. They have a Facebook group. Um, I think it's called like Creative Finance with Jen and Joe. Okay. And then they have a podcast. And um, for that 
subject to stuff, Pace Morby. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a podcast and he's probably all over Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like all of that. So those are some of my favorites. Um, and they have a lot of like good knowledge, but bigger pockets is probably like, you know, the golden. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you feel like once you do your first one, it gives you the confidence and you're a little less um, scared about like making the next purchase? Was I the first one so. the hard? Well, maybe the not first... the first one wasn't your hardest. Yeah, you no, I would say like the first story. big flip is yeah. probably the hardest. Okay. Um, It's, it's scary because like yeah. when you start ribbing out walls and you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like when you walk in and it's just a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. Um, And then finding things like we knew that there was a termite problem, but we and we knew it had been taken care of, but we didn't know that it was to the degree that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's scary, you know, and you're like, okay, what is this now going to cost me? Yeah. Um, but as you see it transform, it's it's really like powerful. It's magical. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that, you know, you started from this and you ended up with that. Mm-hmm. So. I guess everyone's fear is I'm going to walk into this and it's going to end up costing me money instead of making yeah. money, right? Yeah. But like you said, if you know what numbers work, then- right. Just the numbers are going to, I mean, obviously there's surprises, but um, they should work. So yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, and like learning how to comp is really good. Um, Just like a, a kind of a takeaway that somebody can just take from this podcast is when you're looking at the numbers, um, you want to look at what did things around you sell for? Um, So you can just use Zillow and look and try to figure out like, where are main roads that kind of divide areas in your like if you're looking at cities, especially if you're not super familiar, mm-hmm. you want to look at like maybe stuff on that street or kind of um, a couple streets over. As long as the demographic of who that um, area you know has doesn't change a lot, you, your comp should be good. Mm-hmm. And then rule of thumb is to figure out, okay, once I buy this house and I renovate it and it's like, you know, similar like pick three houses that would say be similar mm-hmm. and then figure out, you know, your average and then take that number and times it by 70% because that's really where you want to be. And that's where you're going to make your money. You want to have a 70% margin. Mm-hmm. So as long as the numbers work there, um, typically you should be good. And then also, you know, make sure you have a buffer in there. Right. So it's like the 70% of the, the, what you can sell it for in the end. Yes. Yes. Minus my repairs. That's what your number, yes, yes. So they call it after repair value, ARV. So you want that to be 70% when you're of what you have into it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And community banks are very helpful to get um, loans and um, they'll do a lot, a lot more than like going to your Wells Fargo or something. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So like, what do you think are the characteristics of moms listening who are like, is this for me? Like, what do you think you have to, what, what does your personality have to be like? Or what is your, do you have to have a lot of time? I mean, not, I don't know. Okay. I do most of my stuff through social media or through texting. Um, I'm busy. I don't have time (laughs) Mm -hmm. to like make all these phone calls. Once I vet the, like the actual house and make sure that it works that that point, I'm ready to do, Mm -hmm. um, like the phone calls and really talk to people and stuff. But um, moms are really powerful and we find tons of time in the day to just take a couple minutes and just like scroll listings, um, talk to realtors, like really networking is going to be the best thing that you can do. So there's tons of meetups. Um, I'm sure you can find a meetup in your area. There's meetups online. Um, There's online Facebook communities. Um, But yeah, I think as long as you can find those mom pockets, you know, like you're, 
kid is at, you know, a baseball practice, like, okay, just take a couple minutes. Or your kid's like practicing their handwriting. All right, mm. just start looking, like start making some connections. Right. And you have to be able to like figure out the next steps and like do, you have to be a, motivated on your own because you don't have Absolutely. a boss telling you to do something. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So Which, that's like, I mean, Typically, as a homeschooling mom, you're self-motivated anyhow. That's true. We maybe (laughs) might be the best demographic for this. Yes. kind of an interesting thought. You are correct. You are correct. Okay, so where can people find you um, online if they want to follow your adventures? So um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. It's AJ Scott Properties. Um, and we should have a website up soon, but we were were working on that. (laughs) We want to make sure that it's reflective of what we're up to. That's awesome. And do you have any, just want to leave us with like a final encouragement for the homeschool moms who want to do some side gig while homeschooling? What do you say to them? So um, you guys are more powerful than you realize. And um, we have tons of time in our day, just those little mom pockets. So take advantage of those, Um, whether it's flipping houses, um, you know, selling cookies, (laughs) like um, maybe um, just use that time wisely. So, and it, I know that you guys can all find it. And it, even if it's just like listening to a podcast, but um, try to take action with whatever you're doing. Yes, I love that. I love that because it gets scary and you just want to learn all the stuff and never yes, actually do yes. it. And don't be afraid um, of, you know, trying something. So even yeah. if it's just going to a meetup, sometimes meetups are scary because you don't know anybody, but just just go see what happens. <laughs> Yay. Thank you, Amy. I know you're super busy. So thanks for talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope you love that conversation I had with Amy. I hope it inspired you to possibly look into this if it sounds interesting to you. And if you feel like this might be a good fit for your talents and your passions and the time you have and your abilities, and maybe being able to bring in a side income as a homeschooling family. So be sure to check out the resources we mentioned, especially Bigger Pockets. They have so much excellent information. So spend a few months learning all about it, check out the show notes where I will link to everything at 41more.com forward slash 253. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.